0: Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster, and Real Life Moms is a podcast all about real conversations with real life issues that parents deal with every day. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics and to continue these conversations through our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we'd love for you to become part of our community. This week, I invited two moms, Julie and Millie, who are also educators and they co-host their own podcast called This Is Not For You to help discuss how our children's education has been affected by the pandemic. Hi, Millie. Hi, Julie. Welcome to Real Life Moms. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here. I actually wanted to talk about this topic forever um, and you guys being teachers and moms, you're like perfect. So, our topic today is education and how the pandemic affects our kids academically and also social emotional development. Mm-hmm. And now just kind of introducing yourselves. So, we have Millie who mm-hmm. you have a little one, 1-year-old who has a mm-hmm. bedtime. So, we got to get yeah. we got to get rolling <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Millie, you're also a teacher, right? And what grade yes.
1: are, what grade do you teach? I teach 3rd grade reading and social studies.
0: Elementary you're in Mm it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. for seven years. (laughs) Yeah,
0: seven years. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. And then Julie, you're also mom and you have a five-year-old, right? I do. (laughs) Yeah. He's in pre-K, right? Yes. So you're an assistant teacher. Is that right?
2: I am. Yeah. So I go, I have two first grade classrooms and two second grade classrooms that I bounce between. So I do um, their centers or their small group and just help out with um, any extra pulling out and helping them dive deep into any problems they have, yeah, I think that's so helpful for the teachers mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the kids, right?
0: And here's a fun fact for everyone listening: is that you guys co-host your own podcast, <laughs> right? We Call do. This, yes, this is not for you, which I did listen to today and yesterday <laughs> yeah. on my drive. Really fun. Thanks. Appreciate it, of course. But now going back to, you guys are in the school. So I feel like you're really in this academic piece. You know, going back to school this year, Mm -hmm. you guys um, all went back in person. This was like a pretty new normal year. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So going back into this new normal year with having such not a new and not a normal year, I guess, in the past Mm -hmm. year. What were you seeing in the classroom? How do you feel the
1: education was in the
0: classroom? What were you seeing?
1: Well, for me, I definitely saw gaps. When we went into quarantine March of 2020 and didn't return until August of 2020, I definitely saw learning gaps. Um, I think students that had not as much access with parental involvement at home really Mm -hmm. fell in the cracks and did not, you know, didn't have access to a schedule routine at home as they did at school. So they didn't show up for online learning during the quarantine phase. Oh. So that really pushed them back. You know, I would say almost a whole year would push them back to the beginning of third grade, even though we were in the middle of third grade for those students. Okay. And in so Florida, they weren't even showing up. Right. Class. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we couldn't fail anyone during this time either. Yeah. That makes sense. We had to push them forward, which did not help Mm. them. Okay. So did you see then a
0: divide in your actual students in, in, that did show up to online Mm -hmm. like were they where they should be by the end of third grade the ones that were actually coming
1: yeah I I do feel that we take a beginning middle and end of the year test to see Mm -hmm. growth and you know those tests for those students did show that they are on grade level to be moved up to fourth grade for me for my students anyways, that's what I saw.
0: Great. But the students then that weren't, which Mm -hmm. is like half your class, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, were not. So there's now going into the next year or your incoming students that were in second grade, now going to third grade, you're seeing that within your classroom itself. Oh, wow. And how are you, how are you
1: actually dealing with that?
0: that divide Oh,
1: it is it is tough like this is the first year I've had third graders not knowing letter sounds not knowing some letters of the alphabet um I've never experienced that low and yeah. that big of a gap two three year gap coming into third grade because of all the mislearning so yeah. that's a huge gap. yeah so for my school we're a charter school a public free charter school and You know, they did add more teachers, uh, resource teachers, teacher assistants to help with that to get to pull those students in to help fill in those gaps. But even with the additional small group support, they they should not be promoted to fourth grade. I don't feel it would benefit them there's just so many like it's a disservice to them yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I mean for my students that I see like there's two or three students that I feel should not be promoted to fourth grade Mm -hmm. just because of how much learning gap it would they would just be further and further behind Mm -hmm. in fourth grade so even though they're back
0: in school they're really not they're still not catching up yes wow yeah, yeah. now Julie you're you're on that and I'm assuming you're on the end that's kind of pulling these kids out right to help yeah
2: <laughs> so what does that look like so I um I do a lot of just you know they break the kids into small groups depending on their um, reading level and all so each time you're doing the same activity you have to differentiate it a little bit make it a little bit more challenging for the ones that are higher mm-hmm. make it a bit more in depth and involved, and really hands on for the lower ones. And um, something that I've really noticed um, is, especially the kids that did do homeschooling uh, more so, and mm-hmm. the, or the ones that were in um, learning academies too before this, which is for the most part um, in the regular school system also considered homeschooling.
1: Okay.
2: Um, so they a lot of the times we've noticed that those children are not very much self-motivated uh Mm -hmm. they you have to really sit on them and have keep nagging at them which feels terrible and it wastes a lot of time because they just cannot get it done on their own because they're used to very small class sizes or just being them and mom and mom will sit there and say keep getting this done until it's done and and teachers can't have that in the classroom Mm -hmm. um and I don't know if you've noticed this, Millie, but I've also noticed them um, a lot of times there's gaps with um, problem solving and critical thinking.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I also resilience. Students giving mm-hmm. up way too quickly, you mm-hmm. know, not wanting to try, you know, think a little bit harder about a problem, just giving up completely. Or outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, they're, you know, going to, like, not just you know, academic, but also emotional health, you know, social health, I don't, I think there's, you know, definite damage there also because of the pandemic, you know, and our school has really tried to dedicate, you know, every two months, a whole day of social, emotional health awareness. It's called Growing Hearts Day at our school. And the whole day, all the teachers had to make lesson plans on how to become more resilient, or how to be, you know, bullying is what's one theme you know and being kind and we really try to focus on not just their academic but also their hearts and their Mm -hmm. their feelings too um so was this program developed since the pandemic Mm or oh it was yeah we never did anything like this before Mm -hmm. yeah so across the
0: board you're just seeing like kids giving up having a little bit harder problem solving
1: mm -hmm. um
0: and so you're doing this kind of work. Okay. Mm-hmm. And
1: wow. I feel like a therapist, you know, like, and mm-hmm. I'm not qualified for that, you know, like way out of my comfort zone to be teaching about how to recognize their feelings and like how to regulate their feelings and, and all that. So I, it was a learning curve for me as a teacher. Yeah.
0: So give me, if you don't mind, give me an example, like what you that what would you see in this realm that's happening?
1: Oh, well, I definitely have seen like my little girls in my class, they would just like just full on cry, like out of the top of drop of a hat, it would just mm-hmm. cry like someone like pinched them really hard, but it was just because they didn't get a problem right, you know, and they mm-hmm. immediately shut down. I'm stupid. I, I can't learn, you know, and that goes into the growth mindset and you know, um, challenges make us smarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we try to teach that to them, but, you know, I've never really dealt with, Total meltdowns because they didn't get a problem right or a problem was too hard, right?
0: So it's interesting. So I'm kind of flashing back a little bit. So you're third grade, Mm -hmm. and really, you're around second grade ish, first and second. So these are real core, um, times in kids' lives to learn, right? Mm -hmm. The fundamentals of how to really deal with being on their own Mm -hmm. in school. And they were actually home during this time, if we think Mm -hmm. back, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. is what happens so it's almost like you know they don't have their parents as their cheerleaders right at school mm-hmm. so now they're being dumped into mm-hmm. those not higher grades i mean but they're like third grade right mm-hmm. um where they're supposed to be able to totally function and and feel confident enough that if they get a problem wrong it's not the end of the world right, right. but, but yeah. they, they actually missed all that time of learning smaller steps but now it's like this they have to tolerate Mm -hmm. like really jump into it right
1: yeah the boys i've seen not not so much emotional like crying Mm -hmm. but definitely more aggressive behavior Mm -hmm. um there's definitely more fights between our boys um you know there's issues of bullying more than i've seen in the past so there's you know that's the other spectrum too trying to relate to other kids like you said
0: because they weren't around them now, do you think that's all because we weren't around them, or is it because there's lots going on in the world that's not so nice either? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's t- definitely I mean, a factor. It yeah. could have been, a, you know, they they get more time on you know their tablets or computers to be able to be on the the classroom, but mm-hmm. then they're also looking at TikTok because I know there's a couple of first graders for mm-hmm. me that they're um they're there's th- acting more like uh 15 year olds because they emulate these tiktok Mm -hmm. people and um they want to be like them Mm -hmm. and people on youtube and that's not to say that social media is terrible or anything but i mean it's not necessarily something you want your first second third graders hands on when they should be diving more into their their studies.
0: And I don't think this is happening just at the elementary school level, just so you know, because I have a middle schooler and a high school, mm-hmm. And I do think even, you know, even those four years of independence, even more as they get into those higher level grades, I know one of my conferences with one of my kids, you know, the teacher's like, wow, they're still so sweet. It was a little bit of a different aspect because they're still so mm-hmm. sweet and innocent. It was a middle school. Mm-hmm. And by then they start to change normally mm-hmm. as they go to seventh, eighth grade. Grade, mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. she's like oh the the class is still so sweet and they still mm-hmm. are listening and want to hear it because they're actually I think developmentally immature like mm-hmm. they still are sixth graders that are kind of mm-hmm. new to the school even though they're not sixth graders anymore you right. know that's
2: a good point yeah mm
0: mm-hmm. So I guess it can go both ways. <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> Too bad you're in the elementary school, but, mm. but yeah, but it's interesting and things that I think about with my daughter who would be much more independent, she's in high school and um, you know, things that like, you know, honestly, I didn't have her ride public transportation, you know, that would have been a core time where transitioning from, you know, middle school to high school to be a lot more independent over those summers mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. get around more independently, Mm -hmm. Um, but because you know I didn't want to really shove her on public transportation Mm -hmm. at the time and so she was like delayed in knowing how to Mm -hmm. even do it now I feel like I was like wait how did you get to 10th grade and not you're you're Mm -hmm. not comfortable doing certain things oh wow because we missed like two years you know yeah Yeah. so yeah so it really does affect them I, I feel
2: right yeah so I doubt. have a, um, a first grader she we think she has like some just core anxiety issues but yeah. um, the fact that she hasn't been in school since oh I guess for first grade it would be pre-k then mm-hmm. um, so this would have been the first year fully back and uh, so you know first graders have missed pretty much all of kindergarten being in the classroom and she will come up during um recess on the playground and say well I, I want to play with her mm. and we say okay well go play with her well she doesn't want to play what I want to play oh okay well go ask her what she's playing to <laughs> ask her to teach you how to play it and they're so friendly they're not shutting her out she just doesn't know wow. how to interact with them how mm-hmm. to tell them what she wants mm. yeah so I-, I think she missed a big part of the fundamental blocks of just being able to socialize with people she sees a new person come into the room and she freezes up and she can't even finish her work so
0: yeah well and that brings me to actually a question of do you think there there has been a shift in importance of being more social in school versus concentrating on the academic
2: piece.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Yeah. Our school, you know, has adopted father-daughter dances now mm. and carnivals. Like we never did that kind of fun stuff before. And <laughs> I love it. I I think it's great. You know, get families out there, you know, meeting other families and connecting, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's one positive thing I think the pandemic brought out the people that we need social socialization and you know, community. It's sad that it took a pandemic to yeah. do. That. I know. I was like, yeah. why did your school not have carnivals for? You? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right?
2: Those are so
0: fun. I yeah. know. But yeah, I think about that. You know, as well. Um, you know, my my son's a little bit more reserved, and usually our conferences with his school goes like this. Um, oh well, he's pretty quiet in class, but you know, he's a nice kid and good student, and and that's about all we get, right? Mm. But for the first time, I got a conference that was not as good and was kind of mm. like, well, he's talking to this boy in class kind of all the, all the time. They kind of get a little disturbed, you know, they disturb mm-hmm. the class a little bit. And my only like reaction, and I did tell the teacher this, so you can tell me how you feel about this after, okay. but I was kind of like, yay. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, my kid is getting in trouble and he's having a good time and he's actually <laughs> mm-hmm. having fun with a friend in class. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I, I almost was like, and I told her, I was like, I have a hard time with this because he is the kid that's going to do everything right and be the good mm-hmm. kid. And with mm-hmm. everything that's been going on, like, I, I'm happy to hear he's having a good time and then she yeah it sounds like, like oh okay <laughs>
1: yeah it sounds like he's getting out of his shell that's that's really yeah good. i would be excited about that too oh, yeah, yeah just, right and with this tr- yeah even better right I would just stress the importance of the appropriate time when to <laughs> talk with a friend and play with your friend. Maybe not when your teacher is teaching.
0: Probably not. I hear what you're saying. But in all the other
1: classes, he's pretty quiet. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you're right. But you should yeah.
1: invite that friend over, though. You should, you know, encourage that. <laughs> definitely. Fostering. Yeah. No.
0: Yes. Well, I did get the teacher to tell me that she wasn't going to separate the kids because I thought okay. it was so good that he was socializing with somebody. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they are no longer to do anything academically together, <laughs> <laughs> like, God, which is totally but, fine.
2: fine. But that. that's awesome of the teacher yeah. to recognize how important that is for him, that that relationship is mm-hmm. so important to his well-being. So that's great that she's like, yeah, I want to keep them together. You yeah.
0: Know? Right. And I think, honestly, if it wasn't. if if it was before the pandemic he would have been moved
2: eons ago Mm -hmm. you know what I'm (laughs) saying like I think Mm -hmm, because
0: I do think teachers are feeling a little bit and you can talk to this because you're a teacher and I am not um but wanting to get those kids more socialized and they do feel Mm -hmm. badly about how much they have missed so Mm -hmm. I think they are more accommodating to that kind of stuff are you more
2: accommodating do you think
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are you I don't know (laughs) well um I definitely have grouped my kids now like before we were not grouped um I put the kids in groups of four in my room um I definitely think that's better for their education when they can collaborate with each other and talk about what they're learning about and helping each other on their assignment so yeah I I, I think I've definitely changed a bit from so you beginning. made it
0: more social within the mm-hmm. class. yeah working together yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. that's probably amazing because it sounds like they need work on that <laughs>
2: to work mm-hmm. together right so that's a good, yeah.
0: good way of solving that problem
2: I know um the one first grade teacher that uh I work with she basically treats her classroom like a family so mm. like the, the kids treat each other like brothers and sisters mm. and it's really adorable but mm. the other first grade teacher just you know she's very strict on them mm. and very harsh i don't mm. think either one changed their style since mm. the pandemic and uh I- Probably one of them definitely should have. Yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah. So some some teachers are just stuck in their ways. Yeah. So that, that's an unfortunate side of things. Mm-hmm. But okay. I, so things some- in general, they're, wa- they're willing to be a bit more lenient on things, mm-hmm. taking into consideration that.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting because I, I, I agree. Some of these somewhat from what my, my kids are saying in school. Um, and like I said, they're older, so they're much more vocal about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does feel like there's a little bit of a feeling that they need to catch up mm-hmm. and uh, certain topics uh, in their education it is being rushed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they're feel like and and granted, they're in high school and middle school. There's a lot more work Um both of them did transition during the pandemic. So it's kind of like they missed their kindergarten, you know, mm-hmm. that year that is a little bit more nurturing and then mm-hmm. they get into those. So who knows? But that's mm-hmm. what I get the feeling is that it feels like they have to catch up. Do you feel like that with your students? I know there's a lot of divide, but do you feel like you're kind of like rushing them to catch up or do you feel like <sighs> they could stay with the course?
1: Well, it's really hard because all the kids are, you know, pretty different levels in my Mm. class for third graders. You know, some are really high, some are really low, and I really have to group them based on their level and really, you know, cater to where they're at in my classroom and not try to do a one fits all kind Mm. of lesson.
0: Well, good for you.
1: It's, it's definitely challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's how I've always, you know, that's why that's what I've learned in college. You know, that's, what I've just always done in the past, mm-hmm. you know, to differentiate, you know, with the kids. We really can't gloss over things in third grade because in Florida, they have to pass the Florida State assessment to be promoted to fourth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is the only grade that does that. We're the only pass fail from a test. Um, wow. So that's I really, so much pressure. Yes, it is. And so I really have to make sure they have mastered, you know, at least 80% of the standards to move on to fourth grade because they really need to have that foundational third grade level reading before Mm -hmm. being promoted to fourth grade.
0: Do you feel either one of you, do you feel like, you know, there since the pandemic, I mean, it sounds like everyone everywhere has been affected in this academic realm, right? Do you feel like the curriculum should be revamped? Well, actually, uh,
1: Florida is revamping their standards (gasps) uh, next year, actually.
0: Because Um, of this or
1: because... um, I think this has been in the works for yeah. some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we use the Common Core standard, and next year we'll be doing the best BEST standards. It's each letter has an acronym. I don't know what the letters are. At. This is um, news to me. Yeah. We use different standards where I am. <laughs> yeah. During the summer, we're supposed to have like a bunch of trainings on these new standards. Um, but yeah, they're definitely going to be keeping, uh, education is always changing it's never the same every five years or so there's something new that they want to implement like right now we don't teach cursive in third grade but next year we will be having to teach cursive as part of our standards that used to be the standard yes was third grade Mm
0: -hmm. oh yes yes and Mm -hmm. they're
1: taking away the fsa the florida state assessment next year so we won't have this anymore so is there going to be a replacement there is a replacement test but instead of one big test at the end of the year it will be test them at the beginning of the year test them at the middle of the year see if they've grown or if they've backed you know, went backwards and then test them at the end of the year. Do I know anything more than that? No, I do not. (laughs) So will that test still will they still have to pass that test to get to the next grade? I feel like there is a minimum score that they will need to get, but I don't know the score. I don't know the specifics. We're supposed to have a big training on it at the very end of the year.
0: Mm -hmm. Knowing that kids are not all up to par, if you will, with their academics here and social skills. Um, how can how can parents be supporting this?
1: Well, for reading, it's just to have just to read to your child, you know, mm-hmm. and listen to your child read and help them correct their errors. Um, reading 20 minutes a night, the only way you're gonna be a better reader is if you practice mm-hmm. and reading on your level, you know, you really need to partner with your teacher and, you know, ask what levels my student go to the library, get those leveled books, because if they're reading two easy books or two hard books, it's not doing anything for their comprehension.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: really about reading on their level. And, you know, just having someone to read to out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've done that
2: um, in first grade. Uh, we have something called deer that every classroom has to do. And it's stands for drop everything and read that's just our silent reading Uh, time mm -hmm. so every day they're supposed to get about 20 minutes of silent reading time
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: so that way in case they're not getting it at home they have it in the classroom Um, and I've seen kids go from um, in the first grade from like the fourth or fifth month of kindergarten reading level to the second grade reading level. We don't have anybody in that first grade classroom under oh, that's in the first grade reading level anymore amazing. because we make sure that they have books that are on their level mm. and that they're reading with us or their partner reading or um, just so we can hear them and then help them sound out the words mm-hmm. and they work and problem solve words that they don't understand. And they've, they've just gone by leaps and bounds. Yeah, I love that I
0: do it at school. I'll be honest as a parent, because I remember the 20 minute reading every night thing. Mm -hmm. And not that I minded reading with my kids, but as they got older
1: Mm -hmm. and the
0: books got longer and
1: harder, um, it was like,
0: I had to sign this paper. They would make us like write the book and how long they read for. Mm -hmm. And I had to sign it. And I, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I wanted to be an honest parent. And there were times my kid did not do it Mm -hmm. more than once. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, you know, I, I signed what they did Mm -hmm. and then only to find that my kid had to stay in during recess Mm -hmm. while everybody else went out that's not Um, what to read right and then I found out other people were not reading but parents were signing it (laughs) and I was like wait a minute so I love that you do it in in school because Mm -hmm. it takes yeah it's yeah I didn't want to lie for my child but at the same time I also did not want them
1: to be stuck inside that's so bad yeah we should not take away recess as a punishment you know no that and i stopped assigning book logs you know maybe like my second year just because like you said i don't know who's fibbing i don't know who if you're really doing it so i mean it's it's really on the student you know if they want to do it they're going to do it you know but try to promote interesting books you know books that are interesting and topics that interest them to make you know reading fun you know
0: so okay so that's great promoting some of the academic piece what about that I know Julie mentioned like having trouble with problem solving or just gosh even just that resilient piece um, how,
2: how to promote that at home um, I guess that how would you promote like critical thinking and stuff mm, yeah Home. <laughs>
0: well and I can see it being hard because especially your age group I feel like you know as parents we're probably telling our kids what to do a lot right mm, yeah You know, um, like it was funny, I'm even thinking of my daughter Tucker driving this morning. Of course, we're in an older age group here. Um, And she has her permit and she's about to get her license and she drove to school. Yeah, really scary Mm. people. This is what you're going to be looking forward to. So enjoy your one-year-old who has to get to bed at eight. (laughs) (laughs) Because being in the driving, the passenger seat is very terrifying. Yeah. Um, But what I was saying is almost that problem solving, you know, my thought was, she turned to me and she goes, I like when you drive with me, mom, because you um, let me just kind of do it versus telling me all the things I need to do. Oh, and
2: that's
0: I'm, great. Yeah. And my, well, I'm scared to death, you know, but besides <laughs> that, no, she's actually very good now. But, um, but my answer was, well, it's kind of like teaching a kid to cross the street. If I keep telling you how to cross the street. When I'm not there, you're still not going to know, right? Hat across the street. So I can see like the problem solving piece at home when these kids are so young, we're so used to. Really telling them stuff, but maybe at home giving more options mm-hmm. and choices, mm-hmm. yeah. and giving I a agree. scenario, and then listening to what mm-hmm. their answers are to help with that piece. I don't know. I'm just putting much their
1: in the thinking instead of telling them their answer. Yes, and and yeah. let them struggle a little. Absolutely. Let
2: let them flounder for a few yes. minutes with their answer, or yeah. you know how they could solve something if they're trying. If they're trying to do something at home and they're getting frustrated, let them get a little frustrated. Yeah, Obviously, true. don't let them get to the point where they're trying to throw things. I but... think
1: that's called productive struggle. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. There is a little bit of discomfort. Yeah. You know? They're
2: supposed to be uncomfortable to be able to figure out how they could make it a little better for themselves. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. helps them work through it.
1: Yeah, and and I think you as a parent is the best role model. Like, what do you do when you're stuck with a problem? How mm-hmm. do you solve a riddle? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do you give up? Do you cry? Do you mm-hmm. throw your hands up and say, I give up? So you're the role model.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that piece of letting them struggle a little bit because um, even myself, I don't necessarily always let my kids struggle, but but that, I can just see, you know, that that what you were talking about with the girl on the playground who wanted to go play, but didn't know if they weren't going to play what she wanted to play, what to do. Like, mm-hmm. those little practices could have helped her even in that situation to say, okay, they're not playing this, but that's okay. I can go do this. Like, just right. having that. Yeah. So letting them struggle a, a little bit so that they can figure it out.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And, and I did that with my son the other day. We were looking at um, a... A, a, like a little Sesame Street book and it had a few um, three to five letter words in there and so I you know had him go letter by letter and tell me what sound they made and then I told him okay let's sound it out you know run those sounds together and try to get it and he got a little frustrated at one point he, he wasn't really upset but he just kind of flopped back and went <laughs> I give up and I said well don't give up because I know you know these sounds and you can make it out and he ended up sounding it out slowly and then he said the word once and then he said it a second time and then it finally clicked that he was (laughs) saying a word that he knew and he yelled it (laughs) so you know he's so proud Yeah. So even if they're struggling, by the time they get to it, they're so much more excited Mm -hmm. and proud of themselves for having overcome it Uh than Mm -hmm. they would be if you pushed them and helped them more than what, you know, because they're more than capable. So if you you step in a little too soon, Mm -hmm. you're taking away a little bit of that pride.
0: Yeah, good point. So yeah, those are great things. Great things. How do you guys feel the overall
2: morale is? at school
1: I think it's
2: like a roller coaster comes in waves
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the kids are happy to be back I Mm -hmm. think kids Mm -hmm. I mean I've had less absent kids you know yeah the kids are more grateful to be back in the classroom with their friends um so I that's a positive thing Mm -hmm. but also there's that whole regulating our feelings our emotions you know not having these huge bursts of emotions when we don't get what we won, or we don't get an answer right. It, like you said, it's a flip of a coin. It's yeah, some good, some bad. Um, mm-hmm. For teachers, um, I for for the teachers that I work with, we, you know, most of them want to be in the classroom. We do not want to work online. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's you know a preference, a personal preference. The ones you know that I I work closely with, we prefer to work with our students in the classroom. We think it's easier to connect with them and to help them, you know, you know, in person at the mm-hmm. small group table and not over a computer screen. Yeah, yeah,
2: all of the teachers at the school I'm at, they're they're pretty much not wanting to ever mm-hmm. have to do that again. Yeah. It's all, you know, we want to be here for them. They want to be here. Mm-hmm. Let's make it work. Yeah. So so if
0: you can let parents know one way we can support our kids, our schools, our teachers what would you um, tell them? Or what do you guys need?
1: Um, classroom supplies. Um <laughs> ask your teacher what yes, we have an Amazon supplies. wish list. Yes, yes <laughs> we do. We all do. Amazon wish
0: list with yes. school supplies. Okay, so are you finding that? I mean, I know teachers don't, they, they're using their own money half the time, but are you finding that kids are also don't have supplies? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I definitely have, you know, a couple. Well, see, my school is a charter school, so mm-hmm. it's not a neighborhood school. Your, your parent has to choose our school to right. to come to our school. So there is a little bit more parent involvement mm-hmm. at my school um, than you would be just a regular neighborhood school where you have to take your kids to. So for that, and they have to wear uniform, they have to buy the uniform to come mm-hmm. to our school, but it's completely free tuition, mm-hmm. um, but you have to have your own transportation there and back from school. For the kids' school supplies, I would say 90% of my students have their school supplies, okay. you know, but, but by the end of the year, you know, those school supplies do not last the whole year, you know, no, those wow. binders, you know, tear up and whatever, oh, yeah. pencils go missing, so we don't really get a lot of replacements after, you know, mid, year um but also partnering with homework help um yeah yeah
0: so helping <laughs> them with their homework is that for the oh, young- yeah. younger. Yeah, just i the stay away from my general. kids homework as much as possible because <laughs> i i don't want them to know that i don't know oh, anything
2: no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> most definitely elementary is a bit different with yes. that um yeah, like no. parent involvement is huge You know there are so many where um you know, we'll have teachers that send home notes saying, you know, your your son is picking on this child or this is mm-hmm. happening. And they just write back and say, well, this is the third time I've gotten one of these. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're just picking on my child. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's stuff like that where they're just not being open-minded to stuff or, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to have that open line of connection with the teacher. There's got to be, um, you know, the willingness to communicate and that, that talk with the student of, you know, you have to be respectful. You have to be respectful of the teacher, of your, Mm -hmm. of your other friends there. Um, You know, the academic help, of course, there's so many that um, their, their student, their kids are falling behind and they're aware of it and, they don't do anything to support it at home. They're not sitting there reading with them or helping them through, you know, just memorizing multiplication facts mm-hmm. and stuff. It, it's just, you know, those basic things in elementary school, mm-hmm. they mean so much mm-hmm. in the classroom.
0: And and Julie, do you feel like this has been more since the pandemic or do you feel like this is just the same as before?
2: I, I can't really speak to that much. Um, okay. you, do you think, it's, you think it's more, Millie? more so
1: since the pandemic um yeah I would say so I feel um I feel like the parents are more defensive now mm. you know if there's any issue at all with their child you know they go immediate defense no that's not my child that they not do that they're an angel they're perfect so mm. I don't know like we're not trying to pick on your child we're just trying to bring you know attention issues to your attention it's not us. Trying to pick on them, the parents should, you know, be notified. I feel. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: yeah. So it sounds
0: like the pandemic has affected lots of things, right? Yes. In academics, <laughs> I mean, everything from splitting the class, like the class no longer is kind of moving along equally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To parents' actual support and and willingness to help, maybe and being more sensitive. Maybe they're maybe they have more on their plate, you know. Mm-hmm. So who knows, true. Uh, right? And, and, and less, like less social development where they're not able to deal with little things and problem solve and have resilience mm-hmm. for things that they should at this age. Is that
2: yeah. something
0: mm-hmm. up uh, quite a yeah, bit? That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. Yep. You, is there anything you, we missed or you want to
1: add or say? I do have to say, you know, the sad part is a lot of the student, previous students that I've had in Previous years, um, you know, that's lost a parent, you know, oh, the yeah. COVID, and yeah. that's heartbreaking. Oh, so well. Well, that's, that's just another layer of emotional health that's mm-hmm.
0: that took a hit. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that. You know, mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. people have lost, you know, almost whole family loved one, Yeah, loved one or a loved one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be a whole other piece that you guys have to deal with well you guys have been awesome Mm -hmm. just thanks for just talking to me today and just being Mm -hmm. open about what's going on in schools Um, Mm because i was really curious to see how the pandemic has affected just our education system Mm -hmm. and i mean and i guess lastly like do you think you we're going to catch up, you know, emotionally and, yeah. and academically? Do you think these kids I, are going to catch up? <laughs> I think there's hope.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> and, and I, I think guess think the other question hope. is,
0: do they need to? Do they, does it really need to? Or is Maybe this is a new curriculum that...
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I definitely think there's always going to be learning gaps just because there's always different learning styles and how kids process information. Um, but yeah, with this new standards in Florida... Um, I really am excited to see how it fills in the gaps because it's not just third grade, it's across the board, K K through 12th grade. These kids are going to be responsible for learning different skill sets. So Hmm. I'm really excited for the future in Florida for education.
2: Nice.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks again for you coming today. And um, I hope, gosh, I hope we have a really awesome, new next year <laughs> that's yeah, yes,
2: somewhat
1: that's normal <laughs> Yes, and thank you for inviting us yeah thank you podcast. so much of course of course
0: thank you for listening to this episode
1: it was eye-opening
0: to see how much our kids have been impacted by the pandemic both academically and emotionally if you'd like to share your resources or are looking for support from other moms please visit our facebook group where you can continue to connect with each other don't forget to follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.